Welcome to the GCW Plant Podcast, episode 67. John, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing really well. How about yourself, Ben? Fighting through this, we're going to get two shows done in two days, and then I'm going to spend a lot of time editing and get it out and ready. So that way we could get all caught up before July 4th. Woo! Yes, a lot, of, a lot of editing coming my way. That's all right, though. <laughs> and tonight we are covering GCW Mastermind from the Von Braun Center in Huntsville, Alabama. And pretty good show. I thought overall it was a pretty good show. Hard to follow uh, Chicago the night before as that card was pretty stellar. And this one seems like a lot of the New South people were on this one as well. Um, maybe even a little bit more so than the night prior. But as I know you have some in your house there, like the good ones showed up at least like that I that I have grown to appreciate from New South over these last couple of times we've seen them. Yeah, you know what? I'm there with you. I'll I'll talk about them as we go further along, but some of the familiars from down south, like Hunter Drake, Teriyaki, uh, who else was there off of the top of my Three. head? Yeah, we had Priest, um, gosh, uh, Action Jackson showed up over there. Oh, yeah. And then there was Donnie. He was there. There's a couple for sure. Uh, Cabana Man Dan is another one that I really, we talked about even before the show went on the air. <laughs> Brandon Williams. Now, Braden Toon, we'll get into this. I don't know if I'd seen him before or not, but I'd like to see more of him when they do make another tour down south. Just kind of curious on what he can do because in the match it seemed like the boy can move. Be kind of curious because he's one of those ones. He he was kind of deceptive in his looks. He didn't look like he could do what he could do, and and he could do it. Yeah, we didn't see too much of him too with the uh, in these matches. I think he performed twice, if I'm not mistaken. Not one tonight, and one I think the next night. But uh, what little we did see of him, I thought you you would like him for sure as a little hoss. <laughs> Yeah, little little baby hoss. I like you know, I like those. It's like Taz, those little balls of muscle that are just fantastic. So yeah, we'll kind of get into the notes here a little bit. Um on my end, I'll kind of go close to what you were saying. The card looks solid on paper. I was looking forward to GCW with kind of a southern flair. And I also know that when we go down south, none of the local performers really ever disappoint. So it's kind of exciting to go down there. I always say this before. You know, uh, wrestling is still very real down south and they're really sh you know, shitty with their heels and they really love their their good guys. So, yeah, um, the show opens. I wanted to say I like the building. It's very basic and clean. I'm also seeing kids at the show. So welcome to the show, you little badasses. <laughs> yeah, it reminded me of uh, the Vegas where they used to when the first couple shows out here in Vegas, they used to go uh, downtown and that like that little conference <laughs> conference center seems like. Yeah, it, it looks like you could hold a card collectors thing there or you could wrestle there. That's kind of what it looked like. I just like it because to me, it just looks like a nice, clean facility. Um, there's a lot of facilities that people go to, including GCW, where like in Chicago, Talia Hall, beautiful place. There's peel, there's peeling paint on the walls there, you know? So every now and then when you see a nice, clean new center, it's really cool. You know, it's like Hammerstein. It's not a new clean center, but it's a nice clean center. And it's really cool to see GCW operating in places like that. Yeah. So um, let's talk about something that I, uh, I don't know if somebody said something to GPW or if GPW was listening or what, but 
if you notice on this show, you can hear clapping and music again. Something something has changed to help, and it has helped the energy of the show overall. The perception of the live audience now is just better. They're screaming and yelling. We can hear it all now, finally. So I haven't told you yet, and I might as well tell you now. I got a hold of GPW on Twitter, just kind of DM'd him and talked to him for a little bit. And I told him, look, in the last year, I've noticed that you guys have really stepped up when it comes to production value, you know, cameras, audio, the whole nine. And I want to let you know that I don't know if somehow you heard it or not, but I noticed in the last couple shows, the last two shows directly after we talked about that problem, they did something. No, I don't think it has anything to do with us. Maybe we were just the last voice that finally someone said, look, that's it. We have to do something. But I wanted to let you know that if you listen, it's like, hello, the fans are back in the show. The music is back in the entrances now, which is kind of cool. I was thinking just because it's a smaller, like more ain't like um, compact area, like a venue. That's what I was thinking. Uh Like, that's why we could hear the music and the fans a little bit better because they didn't have to bounce on walls super far away and everything. You have a very good point. And I'm an audio guy. You may very well be right, and I may be deriving something. That was from a lucky guess. That, so. <laughs> well, it's it's very possible. So, I mean, we'll see because it just didn't seem like the GCW crowd, the GCW FSW two crowd in Las Vegas, the vocals didn't seem to match with the live setting. But I don't know. It just feels like these last two shows, it sounds better, and I appreciate it. And even if it is the smaller venue, which it very well may be, I like it. It's it's really nice to feel like I'm there, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I said, I, I when I saw it, like my original thought I was like, holy shit, this is in Vegas? Is that the call? Is that the downtown? That like I don't it's not called the nerd, um uh the meets or something like that. I forgot what it was called, but like that's where I went to my first two shows. And I, I didn't mind the venue because it was just small and everyone was packed in there and it was loud and it was a, just a place for them to have their shit. But now I've seen all the other cool venues, I was like I would like to see a little bit different venue here in Vegas. I'm glad they did fix Silver Nugget because it looks pretty good on screen as well. But seeing this one, yeah, yeah, seeing this one just threw me back to my first two GCW shows live. You know, I'm kind of mixed because it's good and bad. Uh, One of the things that are really known now for Silver Nugget is our men's and women's bathroom in the background. (laughs) I just it is what it is, but if anyone looked at any of the other sides, like the one side, it has just a bunch of doors and it really throws off the lighting in the ring. So it's not really. Yeah. So, uh, okay. I'm ready to go at it. My friend, what's our first match of the night there. All right. First match of the evening is ratty daddy. Cole Radrick going against Hunter Drake one-on-one. And I'm kind of glad it was a one-on-one affair because I want to see Hunter Drake in a more one-on-one setting instead of just in scrambles or these multi-person matches. So I want to see what he could do in a just not carrying a match, but how he carries himself in a one-on-one singles match. Because I don't think I've seen it since his one-on-one last year. Was it last year? Maybe it was just six months ago at the last time but against Blake Christian. And um, I like how they set it up for the couple nights or the night prior, like, having Blake Christian come out and beat up Hunter Drake and then Hunter Drake came out. I was kind of wondering if uh, how he would look and going against Cole Radrick and seeing if this would maybe tell into a story uh, going into GCW versus New South. That's what I was really kind of watching all these matches and 
this show for of just little plots and little maybe storylines and little things here and there that kind of teases and gets us excited for night two. And this match didn't really do that, but uh, it was nice seeing Cole Radrick and Hunter Drake on a one-on-one match. Yeah. So a couple things I'll mention here. Cole was in the opening spot again. It seems to be kind of his new thing. He's an awesome crowd pleasing opener. And I think that's really working here. People like him. So sometimes he replaces a scramble. I guess that's the way I'm seeing it. And I may be wrong, but that's how it kind of is here. And um, also, you notice they put him all over the card. Cole, main event, then he's an opener, then he's here, then he's got the title. Then he's, it's really interesting. And he's fitting into quite a few of these spots. I'm just waiting for his, uh, his position to just settle in. So we'll see where he ends up. Uh, on Hunter's side, he does, I mean, my opinion, he does some phenomenal things inside the ring and everywhere else under the roof. I just want to see him get thicker and get more muscles to go with his frame. You know, I was going to mention it once. I'm just going to mention it here because that's the only thing I'm going to say outside of that that's even neutral about him. Everything else I have to say is absolutely positive. So uh, it opens with a handshake. Both are friends backstage. This is the first matchup between both. They're dueling chants of Ratty Daddy and then Hunter Drake. Cole was half cheered, half booed. There were some very, very big Hunter fans in the crowd, and that made the whole match like really fun. Cole was receiving you suck chants from the crowd. A good touch of that was coming from those Hunter fans. I don't know if they were friends, family, or just hardcore fans, but these people were like Hunter Drake. Like through the whole thing, they really helped carry Hunter. I thought that was pretty cool. I I don't know. What what did you hear? Anything there so far that I just liked Cole's reaction when he was getting booed. He's like, You guys are booing me? Like, what did I do? Like he just looks like <laughs> stunned and surprised about uh being booed. And I thought I thought that was pretty funny just seeing his uh comedic timing there with it was like I think it was like at the same time you said that like, just like a group of people chanting Hunter Drake's name and he just was like and like you suck. He's like, Me? What did I do? Well it was really smart because he actually started leaning into the heel persona. And Which we I, got to see that rare side of Cole. That was what I thought he definitely should have pulled out from probably the minute one when he came out just to kind of set that tone of, hey, boom, I'm going to be the bad guy and you're going to, Hunter Drake's going to get the face. I thought that's what he should have. But you see how it played out and then it kind of turned that way anyway. Yeah, it was fantastic storytelling the way they did it. Uh, he was slapping Hunter's chest, staring into the crowd for their reaction. Uh, most of Hunter's strikes were being like vehemently followed by Hunter's fans, like lots of yays and boos back and forth. Fans were chanting that was bullshit when Hunter received a two count. Uh, there was a nice spot where Cole hit this nasty tornado DDT and only got a two count and the crowd went nuts for the Hunter kick out. And then I'll just kind of go to the ending because, again, this was a seven minute match. The next spot from there was Hunter. He hit a springboard cutter and then Cole answered back with little Sebastian's curse. So our winner in this one was Cole Radrick with little Sebastian's curse. Yes. And uh, I, I saw the improvement in Hunter Drake uh, watching this one because, like I like I said, we've seen him here and there. But one on one, I, I was able to see his moveset, how he carries himself and uh with the crowd, the crowd reaction, and Cole did. Cole's been doing an excellent job of like reading the crowd and like reacting perfectly to however the crowd's cheering for him or booing for him, and getting the crowd to either full on boo him or full on cheer him. But Hunter Drake, I think, is improving in the ring, and I, I think the same way as you. Like he reminds me of a super young Jordan with the skinny frame, and then he'll grow into him, build it. But 
he's got a nice move set and everything and, and um i think it's he's definitely improving in the ring and it's good to see him uh grow since I, about a year ago with, him, with his match against jordan at the backyard so uh i do want to see hunter drake more as time goes on and as they keep on going down to new south i think we will be seeing more of hunter drake so my last of my notes here just say that it was a quick match between two friends they hugged and everyone cheered hopefully no hard feelings with the fans over the shit that cole had to pull out for the win there and yeah hunter was cheered on the way out so i would say that's how the storybook in my notes ended on that one uh great first match seven minutes long just a quickie just replace the scrambles what i feel like it did either that or they pushed it to that eight eight person at the end there so yeah that's why i was kind of thinking once the eight person was announced i didn't think we would see a scramble just because of that multi-person match already so we won't well no we'll get into it real quick um i would have actually switched this match with the alec price teriyaki match and had price and teriyaki open the show just i I don't know. I think for energy purposes, those two are a little more higher energy and can go faster. And I think just like the scramble, you want excitement um, for for pure excitement and speed. Price and teriyaki probably would have delivered in that just a little better. And again, I'm just playing booking with someone else's hard work. But I don't know. Yeah, I think I don't they know probably did it because I'm looking. To, I want to make sure I say this right. Yeah, Hunter Drake's mostly a New South person. So I think that's why yeah. they put him up first because Teriyaki out. So I was like, wait a minute, how often does he wrestle down there? And I didn't see any matches on New South uh, on a quick glance. So that's probably why they did that. Have the hometown boy. And he said uh, like he got the nice crowd reaction and stuff. Too, oh, so. yeah. Yeah, he was loved. Yeah. But that does lead us into that match. Uh, second match of the night, Alec Price versus Teriyaki. This was this one and the next match were my two ones I was really looking forward to this whole card. So I was kind of shocked to see them. Kind of so early up in the <laughs> during the event, uh, and I don't know. I I thought this was a good match. I thought I think they should have had more time though, because I sense the first match was barely eight minutes, and this match barely went seven. I really wish we could have saw a little bit more from Alec Price and Teriyaki. That was like really the main note I wrote. Was like I just wish these guys got more time to showcase what they did, because it felt like this was kind of rushed, and they just did a couple things that they normally do, and. That was it. Like, it was a good match. Great match. But I think it could have been even better. And I wanted to see more from Teriyaki. Same thing in a one-on-one match instead of in a multi-person match. Same thing, as I said, with Under Drake. Because I think Teriyaki is just, like, right there to, like, ascend into, like, upper, not upper, uh, getting better bookings and more bookings from GCW across the country instead of just in the south and in atlanta when they are but i thought this was a good match and i just wanted to see a little bit more time so that way they both could show out a little bit more yeah alec price and teriyaki two rising stars going at it i put they are the now of gcw i think it's beautiful they were scramble participants six months ago and they still are sometimes but they've also grown it's exciting to see that growth um yeah it's nice to see them in singles matches it's um I, I don't know if it's about time, but for both of them and where they stand, it's it's definitely time for both of them there. Very, very young, and that's fantastic. The other thing that I wanted to mention, and I just wanted to mention it, but it's really rewarding for us. Both of these men we pushed on our podcast hard because we really wanted to see them on G, you know, GCW TV more often. I feel like it paid off. We do see them more. Uh, but also the fans love them. 
for different reasons they love price than they do teriyaki but they love them both so i feel like we had our finger on the pulse on that one yeah I, I, for me it's been rewarding seeing teriyaki especially got to see him live in la which was a kind of a surprise because i didn't think he'd make the trip out there for a collective but uh i was kind of nice to see him i think i saw him like two or three matches throughout the whole weekend um but i, I felt like it was kind of cool like as you said like yeah this is someone i've been dying to see and i i got to see him finally like that was that was cool to see and um i just wish i was able to catch him when he wasn't like busy with talking with other people or just running around probably doing other shows but i wanted to uh catch up with him a little bit just to kind of meet him say what's up and talk to him and say how much like we love him and talk about him on the podcast because he seems like a very nice like humble quiet kid like outside the ring but inside the ring like he shows a lot of confidence and it's good he's like he is getting a lot better and i think that's why he's getting better with his confidence and it's making his performances a lot better in my opinion too as of late yeah i don't know how long it's going to take but you might as well just enjoy these guys now they are going to move up at some point get your autographs get your signatures it's just a good idea if you can meet them talk to them say hi i believe in them both a lot and i think they're both going somewhere we'll just see where so terry was out first fans love him he's close to home i believe he is a georgia boy don't quote me florida or georgia i know he shows up on the atlanta shows georgia birthplace okay yeah there we go so then alec is out next they don't like his ass hunter like huntsville just does not get price yet they didn't really have too much of a reaction some booze couple claps they were not into him they like teriyaki and, and teriyaki just put such a good impression on them that you know, they just weren't going to be budged but being young these two had a match pace that was just absolutely fast as hell alec took over slowed down the momentum and then held teriyaki on the mat for over a minute while the heat from the fans just grew alec did a fantastic job grabbing heat from the crowd just over and over and it compounded as the match went on at some point, Terry, uh, Terry got popped in the mouth. You could see he was kind of bleeding a little. Alec went for a uh, springboard suplex, and Terry turned it into some form of a suplex. I can't even mention, like like I said, some of these things that these guys are pulling out that are new, there's like an innovation to it all. Uh, Terry was fighting with some innovative offense. That's literally my next note. That's funny. <laughs> so we'll go straight to the ending then. Alec was on the top turnbuckle. Terry goes up. Alec grabs him and executes a gotch-style powerbomb. I would say from the top rope and yeah. into what I think it's called full control. I'm not really sure. That's a finisher from Alec Price. I got to look into it, but I think it's called full control. I'm going to be so embarrassed on that. Next time I didn't I talk, catch the Alec. name on that one. Yeah. Next time I talk to Alec, he's going to be like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Terry showed up, did a damn good job. Alec gathered heat just the way out of the building as he was going. It was just, he took a kind of a walk around to just shit on people on the way out. Also, one of the other things, did you notice when he opened the curtain, if you look in the back, there's a second black curtain now. So it doesn't look like you can just look into the area. No, I didn't notice it. Yeah. They have a double curtain. You can see it when I think price is leaving. Oh, okay. Kind of cool. Kind of cool. It works (laughs) too. So then, you know, but yeah, they have one up against the wall back there that's black. So if you kind of see back there, sometimes you'll just see a black curtain instead of whatever's back there. I have to, I'm almost to the finish, so I have to fast forward and check it out. 
Yeah, I, I I agree with you. It was a good job, good good match, but I just wish it would have went a little bit longer just to kind of showcase these two talents, especially if now the card was only two and a half hours. I definitely think they could have been given just a couple more minutes to showcase, but maybe that just leaves uh, more time down the road to see these two compete again against each other. I, I feel the same way too with you and Alex, uh, Alex Price with uh, the scrambles. I think... I think he's outgrown it a little bit. I, I same thing. I prefer to see him in singles matches and like how he had the match with Homicide and stuff like that. Like so cool, like pretty cool matches against uh, bigger names. But I also do love seeing like that one minute, two minute sprint that he does during these scrambles where he just goes chaotic in the ring, out of the ring, back in the ring, out of the ring. So that's the one thing like that one. I'm kind of iffy. Like I do like to see him in one on one, but I really kind of miss seeing. I don't miss seeing him, but I would miss seeing him in these scrambles just because he does go freaking bonkers <laughs> and it's fun to watch. Yeah, man. It was just two of our favorites going at it and uh, felt like a foul, uh, proud papa. <laughs> All right. Match number three is another one that I was really looking forward to as Rina Yamashita goes against Effie. This was good booking. This is perfect time. They're both on obviously big winning streaks. Effie has been killing it in tag team, killing it in singles, killing it all over the place wherever he's been doing it. And I thought this was a good matchup for me. I kind of wish this was for the ultraviolet title just to have that little kind of, I don't know, little tease of, hey, we might get a new champion, we might not. And seeing how this place kind of does go, let them get a little, uh, little bit crazier than normal i thought this could they could have done take advantage of it while you can if you're at a venue that does ultra violence and this and you have rena there as ultra violent champion i thought this one should have been for the belt i think if they knew she was going to win anyway might as well put the belt on the line what's the worst going to happen a little extra tension yeah get, i'm, I'm get, with you get, uh effie a little extra over with the crowd of possibly being the new ultra violent champion after everything he's put his body on the line for in gcw as of late well, yeah, you put the belt on the line and the fans are like, ooh, Effie could win this thing. So the fans now, especially Effie's fans, are a little more hopeful. They feel like their wrestlers are a little more paid attention to and vindicated because he's given a chance to do this. And then you have all the tense situations that are going on during the match. Rena's going to win it anyway. So Effie looks like, you know, he had a shot at a championship. He's going to look strong because he went in there up against Rena. The belt was, I mean, like the whole thing would have been better if they just held the belt in the air for two seconds before the match and just said, hey, belt was on the line. This is the second night, I think, that this happened. They should, you know, I think Rena won the night before and uh, I think she didn't put the belt on the line or maybe she did. I don't know. No, she was in the multi-person match with Los Macisos. Okay, so she couldn't really do anything with that. Yeah, not in that match. yeah, I swear, like we talked before, where Rena had a match where it wasn't on the line, but she won it. So why not put it on the line kind of thing? But Maki. you know why she didn't put it on the line in this match? No glass. This isn't an ultra violent match. I'm finally putting it together. No. Common fucking sense. It's not an ultra violent match. Why the hell would you put the belt on the line? But then you they called the fifth match the death match. Like, right. But there's no right. glass there. I don't know. That, that's something we've already the words. The words about. "hardcore deathmatch," "extreme," "ultraviolent" right now have four very gray meanings. Like they all kind of seem to gel together. And um, 
You know what? You and I need to write down that question. I think when we open up the can of worms on interviews, I would like to hear what some performers would have to say about that. That's an you know interesting what? one. What's I'm writing it right now in the podcast, but they had the mailbag the other day. I couldn't think of a good question. There we go. I'm writing that right now while you go over your review. Dude, you know what? You're <laughs> right. That's a great question to ask the guy who books these things. What's the difference? You know? yep, that, I'm gonna is it glass? Is right it doors? Now. Is it is it, you know, what what is it that separates them? Because he's hearing it all the time from other fans. I'm sure in Patreon we hear it where they say, What's the difference? You know, one guy wanted to consolidate it just like we did. Just put the UV and the hardcore championship together and, you know, bounce that other belt to something else. I don't know. It's just it's just it worth thinking about at some point. Um, OK, so you did announce Rena and Effie for this next match, right? Yep. OK, so Rena's now in Japan as we speak. She had her last few shows with GCW this past weekend. And so it does make me sad. But I do know she'll be back again soon, and she's resting comfortably in her home country in her own bed. So hopefully she gets to go home, be comfortable, relax, do what she loves to do, and then come back here refreshed and be ready to put on another series of fantastic performances back to back to back to back to back. Now, Effie. Effie's going toe-to-toe with one of the best deathmatch wrestlers in gcw i expected this to be violent um i was expecting this to be an escape from fun and going straight to the weapons also new effie we've kind of noticed he's stronger and much tougher so this will be fun and that's what i put for my you know my my little pre-notes before this was my preview is what i put in there um i honestly didn't know what to expect so Effie's music hits he comes out about two seconds off time his hair is like sticking up on one side. He has a cow lick in it. It looks like he just fucking woke up. I'm laughing because he looks like he's surprised to be there. The whole thing is fucking hilarious. Um, yeah, he's working out and it shows. But if you watch him come out, it's like he took a nap and someone said, wake <laughs> up. And he woke up and heard his music and just started bolting to the curtain. I love it. And that. I did see the double curtain, too, by the way. It's, I noticed it when Alec Price walked away. Yeah, so it's not much, but I noticed it was there, and I'm, I don't know. I felt like it can be helpful if utilized correctly. Either that or it was a sick joke where they put a little black one up against the wall. Because that's what it looked like. It looked like Alec went right. He didn't go through the second curtain. He went, after he went through the first one and then went right, and then you just see the black curtain in the back. Yeah, so I don't know. We'll figure it out. But yeah, that idea, though, it does really help, especially when they come into a lot of these hallways, like I said, in Los Angeles. Uh, Yamashita with a huge ovation from the crowd when she came in. Uh, <laughs> there was a point in this match where I was laughing because Effie dropped down to his knees, you know, and did the whole come on thing. He was asking Rena for the goodies, and uh, Rena kind of did it back to him. She was like, come on. And her reaction to Effie was the complete opposite of what everyone else has, which made everybody laugh. Hilarious. Um, I was also laughing at Effie doing the Andre the Giant butt bump in the corner. If you have a chance to see that, it's fucking hilarious. I'm I'm still working on a name for Effie's tarantula. I just I think it's a fantastic move. I'm just trying to figure out what it's to be called. Effie also he he got up with a spinner Rooney. He was really feeling his Wheaties tonight. I don't know what it was, but you know he's pulling out moves from Booker T and Andre the Giant. You know 
three minutes in and both have chairs swinging at each other. Then they start sabooing a chair back and forth at each other's heads. There was a nice spot where Effie's head was stuck in a chair and Rena smacks that chair and Effie's head with another chair. Um, Unhigh Effie is more active as a wrestler and he also seems to be more bright. I don't know what way to put that, but it just seems like he's more present in his matches now. I, I don't know how to throw that one over to you, but it's just an interesting little tidbit that I thought I noticed. Well, I'm on cage match here. It kind of, that's to your, well, not the point you just made, sorry. I was looking up the name for the tarantula and I don't know if this is what it is, but the one name that's under his signature moves that looks like it could be it, the freak lock. <laughs> interesting. We'll have to look that one up. Yeah. <laughs> the freak I, lock. I do notice Effie, I don't know, like, not the demeanor wise, but it just seems like he is more focused, like in what's going on in the ring, like, and the, the crowd, like his focus seems to be more the, in tune there since uh, the unhighness, as you say, as you call it, yeah. like, kind of like that. But that's the one kind of thing I noticed and him obviously working out in the gym uh, that those are the two big notes. I think he's more focused and obviously his body's uh, getting in better shape because of it. So there was another spot I wanted to mention. The door was propped in the corner at around minute six. Effie with a super kick to Rena, and then he picks her up and drives her through the door. It ended up with holy shit chance this is awesome chance effie and rita at another point had each other by the balls and referee perch breaks it up which you know that's normal but then he gets grabbed by the balls by rena and i laughed my ass off at that point then everyone fell down the competitors the ref that erupted into gcw chance at uh, I probably a, a minute or two later, there was a point that I put down here. It was a quote that Effie put, but he said, you want pride month Effie, which, you know, then he thrusts his hips into Rena's face and that's where she bites him in the balls. And the camera does a, an intense close up that <laughs> was almost comical. His and, face uh, was hysterical on that, right? It was just, it was so well done between the both of them. That developed into you sick fuck chance towards Rena for that action. But then uh, fast forwarding to the ending here, Rena hits Splash Mountain on a chair on Effie, and it seems like no one can get away from that thing. Effie was covered for three, and our winner here was Rena Yamashita. Yeah, we could have put the belt on the line, my friend. I know we're kind of going back to it, but just for a <laughs> second, I just wanted to say it in this match, especially. Eh, you know, I, I guess they maybe didn't add glass. They didn't want glass in this arena. And I think that would be right. The way they did it, I think last time here, there was no glass. I can't remember. Like, I, I can't remember what the matches were in this arena. I don't know. I just felt like, I mean, we got in Vegas in this okay. kind of similar in Vegas. And uh, we had this with the similar uh, venue. We had glass there, like flying all over the place. That was like my first yeah. GCW show. And the glass went hit the top of my head. I'm like, what the hell is going on in here? Um, uh, yeah, the, the last Von Braun show was uh, off the top of my head, my friend, January. If you go look back, look January, ugh, early January, 10th and below, turn of, the, turn of the year, I think, was the last time they were in Huntsville. Oh, yeah, that, that yeah, for take a picture. Uh, let's see, scramble. What, day, what was the date, just for fun, because I was trying to. Uh, January 21st. Damn, I was going to say January like 10th or below, but the 10th or before, that's the best way to say it. What was on that show? Anything? 
Main event, Los Macisos versus East-West Express Part 2. Yeah, that wasn't glass. Uh, no, I'm trying to look yeah. at any match that possibly could have glass, and no, like there was no glass at all there. Jordo, Jordo hasn't really been cut in a long time. <laughs> he really hasn't, he, you know? He did dive into it a little bit uh, again with VXS uh, and having like the death ma- a crazy death match with Jimmy Lloyd. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm. Battle of the Aces. Or Battle for the Ace of VXS. I thought that, was a, that was a fun little match. I love this match. Uh, yeah, that the when everyone grabbed each other's balls, well, I thought that was a fun <laughs> match. Uh, obviously, Sabrina's, but I just love that like, how she was blinded and then like grabbed a person. Like after she got the low blow on her way down, she decided to kick Effie up to make Effie fall down. I, that was good. That was a good spot. I love seeing Rena in the comedy spots. Um, this one didn't get too ultra violent or crazy, but I really liked the facial reactions and the comedy spots in this match. And when the wrestling was going, it was good. I enjoyed this and seeing a different version of Rena. Like I said, she's like becoming more versatile too, and not just strictly death matches. She does good in singles, mm-hmm. tag matches, non death matches. I think she uh, she's like turned into kind of like Los Macisos. Whatever match you want, throw her in there, and she's gonna kill it and it's been fun to see and i'm glad uh this match with effie did happen because like i said this was a one i think between two up regulars and gcw with pretty good records i thought this was a uh good time to put these two together in a match so i'll just kind of state that they didn't necessarily bleed but the match was violent what they had was more like a hardcore match by most company standards a few years ago but this was done in a good way and Effie goes to leave and Rena plants a huge kiss on him. He tries to fight away and can't. And you know, just fun times overall. Yeah, um Rena owned Effie. Effie was too strong for uh Rena was too strong for Effie's advances and uh and just uh made Effie tuck his tail like a little puppy. His game was not up to Rena's standards. That's the best way to put it. The whole story was cute. You know, every now and then I can say that the story between these two was just cute. I'm trying. I was trying to figure out what Effie was saying on the camera too, because he's like right after the kiss, he rolled right to the camera and was like, "He's okay. I'm, he's rolling to the camera now." I'm trying to see. I know he says like, "What the fuck?" And then like, I couldn't figure out what he was saying afterwards. But I would. Uh, that's one question I would like to ask Effie. No, like, go ahead. What figure, the fuck? Here we go. Figure it out real quick. It's okay. We got time. Something like okay. Hap- so something about like what is happening. <laughs> While you're listening to that, I'll tell you that another match for No Signal in the Hills was put together. And the only reason I'm mentioning it is because Janela and Rec, Joey Janela and Sawyer Rec are still a thing. A month and a half later, they're going to be together at the August 11th show. So it's them versus the Rejects. I I wonder if that's the new tag team to replace. Oh, is Bentley coming too? Him and Cologne. Yeah, him and Bentley. I saw rejects, but I didn't see like I just I assumed Brentley, but that's just, I think this will be his first time on the West Coast for GCW at least. Yep, he's bringing the he's bringing the plane over, and who knows? But yeah, uh, I'm just trying to look if there's anybody here that uh, Chad Rico is going to be there. Yep, Sawyer Rick. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I just wanted to kind of mention that kind of kill time just for a second while you were looking that up real quick. Up, oh, yep, somebody else on here said. Uh, Sawyer and Joey really need a team name. I'm going to go ahead and write a couple right now. How about Joyer? Joyer Wreck. <laughs> Joey E.R. Wreck. 
No, Rita versus Effie, uh, it was good. It, it, it was perfect, I think, for what it was, for everything it was, for not being a title match, and it was a good match. I would like to see the ultraviolet version of this match, though, because I know when Effie does get crazy, uh, he gets crazy, and you know, obviously the ultraviolet champion will be right there to uh, match Effie's craziness. I'm just now writing out the thing. I'm so sorry I had to. Right, well, while, you're, while you're doing that, I'll get the next match going, because with this long-ass name, you'll still be typing. Oh yeah, by all means. I just, oh, you're I just supposed to be done it. by typing. <laughs> I just finished it right now too. So yeah, go for it, my man. All right. Uh fourth match of the evening is a six-man tag match as the team of Jordan Oliver, Mike Jackson, and Nick <laughs> also known as young middle-aged senior average IQ with a tension death kill. Uh, what was those letters again? Y M A S A I W A P D K. I can't believe they wrote that out. That was a, oh, like that the I Q is in there together, so it's I Q W A. Oh, the whole thing, dude. Yeah. It's... Oh my god. <laughs> I loved. I, I popped when I saw the name. Like, who the fuck is this? And I was like, oh my lord, that's hysterical. Uh, so, I love yeah. that we can laugh like that. You know, like, yeah, what a great name. Yeah, that, certain parts don't need to be serious, especially like in this match, and don't need to be all serious and uh, with action Mike Jackson in there with Jimmy Lloyd and Los Macisos. Oh, yeah, that's who they're going against. Uh, going against Jimmy Lloyd, Los Macisos. And this was <laughs> this match was exactly what I thought it was. Jordan kind of doing all the heavy lifting in the ring, Nick getting the pop out, uh, and seeing Mike Jackson with the um, coming out with them was a. Uh, Something I never thought I'd see. Like that—that that is a <laughs> that Mike Jackson with Nick Gage is that's nothing I'd ever see. And then especially in a match with Jimmy Lloyd, like what the hell is going? This is a GCW. <laughs> this is has Brett written all over it, and I was all for this match because I enjoyed it. Nothing serious. Get the in ring action for what it was was good. Um, I thought it was just cool seeing Nick Jackson team with Action Jackson or Nick Nick Gage teaming with uh, Action Jackson. I thought that was pretty cool. So Action Mike Jackson is back. I was hoping to see him in Las Vegas, but it didn't happen. He's a genuinely kind man. And uh, okay, so it didn't happen because Mike didn't come out. But I'll tell you what the little booking thing was that was going to happen in Las Vegas because we were kind of vague about that. There was a kid that you saw on one of the Las Vegas shows. He was like 16. His name was Young Bodie or Bodie Young Prodigy. What was going to happen was this 16-year-old was going to wrestle Action Mike Jackson. So we were going to have a 16-year-old that had a direct link from Action Mike Jackson straight to uh, Vern Gagne. It would have been Vern Gagne and then on to uh, Mike Jackson. Like, it's just an amazing thing. It was when we first talked a year ago, uh, Jerry the King Lawler, Jerry the King Lawler, and Mike Jackson were the only two active wrestlers that could say they still wrestled Vern. But now it's down to one, and we have him here in GCW. So just wanted to say that he's he's a genuinely kind man. Also, you'll never hear me say anything. Did bad you just about kill him. Jerry the King Lawler, or did I hear you wrong? No, no. What it is? I heard is it was Jerry, down to one. Yeah, it's down oh, to active one wrestler. because Jerry he's not active wrestler. Gotcha, gotcha. Right, right. Yep, my um, bad. I was like, wait, there's something I missed, or did I just like not realize yeah. or forget, <laughs> or did you? No, just no, no, <laughs> no, no, not at all. Uh, God, you scared me there for a minute. I'm like, what the hell did I just? No, say? I just assumed I misheard it, but I was like, wait a minute, is there like because. I mean, nowadays my brain like sometimes I don't know who's like alive or dead, and that's a very sad thing. I know. 
No, no, no. It's just you've had a busy, you know, year to, you know, year, year and a half now. So some things can just fly through your life and you're not always, you know, paying attention at the time. Same with the news cycle for wrestling. Every day yeah. is something different. And weekly shit. If you just only listen to the wrestling news weekly, some of the most important up there stories in the world of wrestling, I mean, they change every single week. Um, but yeah, I wanted to mention Action Mike Jackson. I didn't want to mention all the others because anybody who listens to the show kind of knows my opinion on all the others. Didn't want to repeat myself. But holy shit, the fans were having a fantastic time in Huntsville. The Macisos were out first with Jimmy. Then comes out YMASAIQWAPDK. And it was wow. Gage's music hits first. Then it stops and we hear Sweet Home Alabama. Sweet Home Alabama is what everyone comes out to. Nick comes out first and uh, Jordan comes out right behind him. And he's just like all all ready to go. And you see him basically come out so quick. He runs into Nick and you can actually see Jordan kind of bounce off of Nick. And I don't know if he fell or just went sideways off camera. It was fucking hilarious. As you see Jordan flying off camera, they turn the camera and you can see Gage fucking pounding the ring. And then he turns around to Mike Jackson, grabs a hold of Jackson's singlet and just fucking yells <laughs> in his face. And you can see Mike look kind of semi stunned. It's it's fucking funny in retrospect. You know, Gage is pumped. He runs to a section in the front row and he goes to, I'm guessing, get up on some chairs. And he completely knocked a lady into her own fucking seat. It was like nothing bad. He immediately ran up to her, hugged her. She's all right in the in the run, like in the long run. But wow. Then he immediately runs to the next fucking section of front row and knocks down a large man into his own seat. And I'm like, damn, dude is running with some force tonight. The whole thing continues, but you know, that was enough from there. Gage was hype. It's just that little section that I just described there went down in about 20 seconds. And it's probably one of my favorite entrances I've seen in quite a long time. Like I called my son downstairs. I'm like, look at this. What the hell is involved to make this happen? And then I showed him and he's like, oh my God, he was laughing his ass off so hard. I, between that and Effie's entrance, those are two of my favorite entrances of the night by far. So and like the energy level that Jordan and Nick had, and then like you could also see like most like Masisos were playing around in the ring and like something was like off or they did something because like the, everybody's energy during this match was just like way higher than I ever expected. I was like, man, they're yeah. like amped for this match, and I'm glad for it. Like it helped out the match quality and stuff, but I wasn't really caring about the match quality going into this match. Like I said, I was just really seeing Nick Gage and Mike Jackson just interact with each other the entire time and how uh mike would interact with los macisos and jimmy lloyd but like jordan's going crazy doing the ultimate warrior <laughs> like nato's all dancing during the match. like what like yeah the energy was something else during this match yeah i don't know maybe they had a barbecue out back with some cold drinks no clue, that's what honestly. this felt like yeah that's it, what this felt, felt like, like a, a, party. a backyard wrestling show and like oh shit hey you spy want to go have a match let's go have fun and kill it like that's what that yeah that was a perfect like you said barbecue and i my immediate thought was yeah this like just a bunch of friends like, hey, let's go have a match real fast and just have fun and kill it and entertain and people. 
I turned to my son and I was like, this is what's so nice about independent wrestling is stuff like that can go on. And it's just fucking hilarious. There's no, okay, roll it back. You know, someone fell, blah, blah, blah. No, they just let that shit play and they're laughing it off. And, you know, Jordan's on one side of the arena, standing on chairs, just going nuts. And then you got Gage on his third, uh, <laughs> his third chunk of run through, through. I think he fell or he tripped into the second row of chairs or some shit. If you look, by the time the camera gets over there, he's like coming out of the second row. <laughs> I don't know what the hell happened. It was hilarious. But yeah, Gage was hype as fuck. I don't know if like they all got pay raises or <laughs> what happened, but you you see, right? This. I'm watching like I'm just watching the match. Like I'm on the match already still, like, but like Jordan's like every second, like he's like you ever seen the clip of Undertaker at a house show, like during a tag match, he just like running the ropes like a fucking madman and like yeah, stomping yeah, on the ring. Yeah. That's what Jordan was like looking and feeling like during this match, just going nuts and going crazy, like his energy was off the chain. Maybe he's like, he's just so excited to be in there with Nick Gage and Mike Jackson too. Like he's just got to be enjoying yeah. life right now. So something <laughs> happened in this match that, Oh shit. What would I just, I just watch it? Like I turned around, like when I started that sentence, Jordan was celebrating, going crazy. As I finished the sentence, he's like giving himself like a cheer and getting all hyped up still. Like he <laughs> was like five minutes in the match and it's still going crazy. You know, they were having extra fun, and I think they were doing that with Mike. And that's good. Uh, it really was because Action Jackson was featured in this match quite a bit. And you're right there. Oliver put in a lot of work for the team. I <laughs> There's something here that I wanted to talk about, and I don't know when it's when or if it's happened in the last year, but I really enjoyed seeing Jimmy Lloyd versus Gage. Why haven't we maybe seen that matchup in the last year? Hit the, hit the website, brother. You're going to have well, to. But yeah, I was. I was, those I was two, doing that. Those two, it just looked like a good matchup. When, when's the last time a lot of the GCW OGs have went at it? Like Janela Gage, you know, Lloyd Gage, Lloyd Janela, Effie Gage, Janela Effie. You know what I mean? Some of the guys who've been around a little bit. Uh, Jimmy Lloyd last went against Nick Gage at Zombie Walk March, no, not March, um, June 6th, 2021. Wow. There you go. Yeah, that would be one that I'd like to see go down again because they're somewhat similar in quite a few ways. Yeah, I think they've only wrestled against each other, looks here, twice. Hmm. And that's about, like, in a death match, though, that's something I would definitely want to see because... That they're both good at it and like yeah it's a one that makes sense too why it we really does in a while i mean between the both of them their capabilities and everything run very close to each other the body types style size well size uh jimmy's probably around the same weight but he's rounder <laughs> he's <laughs> built a little differently i think i don't mean that in the bad way i'm round as fuck too so you know but yeah, that was one thing I just wanted to touch on because it hit me and I'm like, I'm going to put that in my notes because it seems like those two might put on a really good match together. And I really would hope to see another one soon, maybe with, I don't know, if something on the line, but just maybe featured in a good setting. Give them some glass and let them play. Gage with a rare double axe handle, followed by Jordan doing the same. We even got a replay of Gage's version. That is what tells you that replay even has a sense of humor was when they did a replay on a fucking axe handle. But even commentary was like gauge doing a, an axe handle is so fucking rare. But what was going on was they were adjusting to Mike's style. 
And one of Mike's things that he likes to do is the axe handle. So, you know what I mean? He holds people while the guys do the move. You can hear Gage talking shit the whole time from his corner. That was really fun. Rules for about the first half of the match were actually being followed. Jackson performing Gage's face wash was pretty funny. Also, he hit a huge tope to holy shit chance. That was another thing where I actually got my son and told him, you've got to see this. So that was fun. A door bridge was built in the ring halfway through the match. There was chaos everywhere. In the end, Jimmy Lloyd was left in the ring to defend himself. Lloyd was then put on the door bridge. Mike Jackson goes up top and rocks the ropes. He walks over and dives into Lloyd through the door bridge for the win. So our winners here are Y-M-A-S-A-Y-K-W-A-P-D-K. And and there went my brain cells. Yeah, this was I enjoyed this match. It was fun. It was got as crazy as uh, one could expect with Mike Jackson in there. But uh seeing him too, like he, at first like it did seem like he was like stunned about what was going on, but then you could tell he started getting into it as the match went on and felt comfortable. But even like Los Macisos were having fun with him in the ring and like just doing the moves with him. They're like you could just see the smile on like C Clope's face when it was holding him while Mike Jackson did like that. Uh, spin as he got him like the Hurricane Rana and like spun mm-hmm. him around. Like you could tell C. Clope afterwards, like he rolled out of the ring, just smiling on his face, trying to make it Mike, Mike Jackson go a lot longer, probably. But <laughs> this was one match I just loved seeing all the smiles, all the fun they had. Like this is like this is what Backyard Wrestling, like the show I went to last year, felt the whole show is like just people just having fun, even though the action was insane in the ring. Like I still don't like I still don't understand why sometimes they do some of these moves they do at the backyard show because it's insane to watch, but I guess it's for the fight TV people mostly. Um, but seeing a fun environment, everyone having fun, trying to entertain the fans and going out of the way, like getting out of their comfort zone and doing even more emotional like theatrics than normal. I, I enjoyed this match. I I had a, I left with a smile on my face, like uh, good for Jordan being able to say he could he was like the only person ever because he tagged with Nick Gage and Mike Jackson at the same time. Like even if Jordan wasn't in that match, I think just the tag team of Nick Gage and Jackson was good enough for me. Like I would like to see that still as a tag team because uh those two were <laughs> pretty crazy. And yeah, I enjoyed this match. I thought this was good after right in the middle of the card uh to kind of maybe reset the reset the card as it's going to take a turn for the next match as it is a death match. But uh, overall, I liked, liked it a lot. So after this match here, Gage grabs the mic, says he loves working in Huntsville, and he loves Mike Jackson. He asks Mike Jackson to send us out. Mike comes over, grabs the mic. It's MDK all fucking day. It was just everything about this was feel good and smiles, and that's the way it's supposed to be. Okay, so let's talk about something else we've asked about that we found ended up being a pretty damn good idea. An other awesome hype package. Our next match that was coming out had a fucking great video between Murdoch and Sawyer. Here we are again where whoever it is that's putting these things together is doing a damn great job. And whoever it is likes hardcore music and so do I because my son's like, is that Knocked Loose? That's one of the bands we were talking about. And he's like, I don't I don't know. We were trying to figure it out. I think it is. But yeah, somebody has great taste in hardcore music. And uh, 
they put it to good use in these packages. And I keep bringing my wife over every now and then. And I'm like, you see these videos, honey? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, do you think they're good? And she's like, yeah. I go, we asked for that on the fucking podcast. It's day one. And now that they're here, they are so damn good. And it brings so much to the next match. Like it gets you hyped up like it should. And last time I'll say it, cause I know I'm repeating myself, but whoever's putting these together, great freaking job. Yeah, I don't know who did these uh this one, but I know they're kind of like you see like the similar like the GCW like graphic, like with the black kind of steel behind it, and then it kind of mm-hmm. goes into the video. I I don't know if it's Tony Dan. I know he uh makes similar ones, but um I'm trying to wait till the end of this one. I just really like the video too because it brought like the first part of the video was a video package of their match that they last fought against each other in that match and showed the spots and craziness that they had. So I thought it was like perfect. Like, hey. These two have history. Here it is. Boom. There you go. And as you said, I thought it was a perfect way to set this match up and get the fans that might not have known or forgot that they have wrestled or even have a history or what they are all about. Like it was a great video package. And yeah, I'm glad to see them all. Like I said, I still wish I think they could be done before every match, even just for a quick one, but you don't need to oversaturate uh the videos. You could kind of save it for the bigger matches, and I'm all fine with that. Yeah, they they definitely saved them for just certain ones in this one, and it makes sense, you know, like quality over quantity in this scenario. And yeah, if you actually have a chance to like listen to it for the first half, I you know, there's no audio, so I'm like, oh my shit, is there like something wrong with my headphones? And then the music kicks in, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that kind of leads us into our next match. Fifth matchup of the evening is Sawyer Wreck versus the Duke, John Wayne Murdoch. And it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, John Wayne Murdoch definitely uh, <laughs> looked good beating up Sawyer, but then also made Sawyer look like a million bucks taking the punishment as well. Um, uh, surprised on the winner. I will wait till you say that. That was kind of surprising just of after everything that's been kind of happening lately. But I am also not surprised, as you said, what's coming up here in the future for the winner. But yeah, I like I like this. This changed the mood for sure of the whole venue and the feel of the show. And uh, with all the fuckery going on, it was nice to see at least some fuckery going on if it wasn't glass. All right. So this is a much anticipated match. It was really almost sad that this didn't last more than eight minutes. But we have seen multiple times where both of these competitors have packed a lot of shit into less than eight minutes. So, you know, we know that they can really, we've seen a barn burner in less than five and six before it actually just went back and watched that GCW versus TNT, like that four person death match. That was like six minutes long, but like the whole ring was covered in glass. (laughs) It's like, yeah, what the hell happened there? It was nice seeing that match. because like you said, like it ended. I'm like, that was good. I don't need to see any more. That's six minutes. All that fuckery. Good job. Yeah. Yeah, if it's done right, I mean, hell, if the cheeseburger's good, you don't need a huge one. All right, so there's, there's, there I am with another. You always need a big cheeseburger. What are you talking about? I'm hungry. Fuck yeah, fat guys for life. (laughs) All right, so Sawyer was out first. Again, she's on a come up. Nice seeing her in a death match where I feel she thrives. It has been a while since she's been in a good one, so hopefully tonight's the night. Murdoch was out next. Having him in a death match, in my opinion, adds instant credibility to the match. The dude will do anything. I've been around him. He's a different monster than most anyone else in GCW. 
behind the scenes and on stage deep down i love murdoch i also love his music so i just wanted to mention that up front so i know sometimes you uh you ask about music so if you ever hear a song or anything let me know because i can generally tell you what it is this I, like that. One song, I like that song okay so this one is called man of constant sorrows i think it is and when i get a chance i'll look it up but it's at the perfect tone for murdoch like it just it does yeah. change like it does change kind of like the feeling and the energy when you hear the music when he comes out yeah and and what he's listening to the version he's listening to is a remake but yeah that song when played properly is actually a very haunting song like that's a mountain song that's like an old country hills song some of that music was very haunting there's people that redo that song in acapella there are people that redo that song like that's a really good song i ended up learning about it um because i heard it from it must have been from a movie like 20 30 years ago uh but yeah so anyway yeah he has his version that he listens to i've heard a couple acapella versions that are just fantastic of that song but i uh i heard it probably a year ago and i finally wrote john and i'm like john what is the name of that damn song because i've heard it a hundred times and that's when he told me so yeah it's man of constant sorrow cool song and yeah you might want to research if you ever get a chance because there's some real fucking cool versions of that song out there and i figured one or two you might like i didn't even know they're different versions. i just know like i thought this actually i don't think it was this show i think it was the next show if, if he was on or maybe it was this show but when i heard the music i actually thought like that music's so perfect for him. It does like change yeah. the mood. It sets his country style up and it's perfect for him. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't like, that's one of those songs that are like absolutely perfect for the performer. I would switch his version to, there's an acapella version out there that I would switch it to that would make it even more. I don't know how to put it. Okay. So the bounty hunter, Keith, maybe him and uh, Murdoch need to team up. I know they're different, but they're alike. I know I'm going out there. Eh, on the don't line. hate it. I don't, don't hate, hate it. it. It's it's out there. It's an out there thought. Okay. Anyway, I I've done stretch for the evening. <laughs> All right. So this is a death match. It's seven minutes and fifty two seconds. I'm gonna do everything I can to give you the minute by minute rundown. So here we go. Minute one. There were Sawyer wreck chance as Murdoch is a bad guy in the South, which to me is kind of weird, but. Murdoch did it well. He was stalling early. We had fuck him up chance. Sawyer, fuck him up over and over. Murdoch then picked up and slammed through a door covered in mousetraps, which became a thing. Sawyer grabs a mousetrap and attaches it to Murdoch's ear. Then to the other ear. They literally are dangling like earrings. Then she moves his shirt and attaches one to his right nipple. And that's when I put in my notes, wow. The uh, one came off and it looked like it hurt a lot. I, yeah, yeah, that, that shit. That one looked like it hurt worse getting off than getting on. That's for sure. Bro, my opinion on Murdoch personally changed a little bit after I saw him do that. Cause I'm like, damn, that dude is tough. Like that's a whole other level of like getting things pinched and ah. I think he's better as a bad guy. I know like you wrote like him, yeah. him being a bad guy in the South, especially it kind of doesn't make sense, but I actually really like him as a heel way more than I like him as a face. I'm with you. I think that's how he is. Uh, he's just better served that way. He really is. He's so tough that 
you need something like that on the bad side because tougher bad guys make better good guys. So minute two, Sawyer brings out gusset plates. A gusset plate is then put into the Duke's head and then Sawyer beats one into her own head, then decides she's going to start headbutting the Duke and Sawyer follows up with a northern lariat. Minute three, both are bleeding from the forehead at this point. Sawyer was sent into the ring post. Murdoch grabs skewers. He shish kebabs her in the ass. I'm not kidding. You'll be able to see part of it. Then pounds them into her head. So we went straight ass to mouth here. Sawyer, ha- <laughs> Sawyer has blood in her teeth. And I will say the visual looks really cool. Minute four, Sawyer was placed on the top turnbuckle. Gusset's placed in the middle of the ring. Murdoch then grabs Sawyer and she is superplexed into the gusset plates. Minute five, let's go Sawyer chants are coming out. Gussets are sandwiching her hand. Gusset then into Sawyer's arm. Murdoch then throws a chair in the ring and accidentally hits her with it. If you get a chance, check that out, dude. It is funny because you can see him even break character a little bit. And he's like, oops. Yeah, he's like, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Minute six, Sawyer gusset plates Murdoch in the junk. And then Sawyer slams John into a gusset plate. Minute seven, John slams Sawyer. He says, fuck you, you big bitch. And the fans went nuts. They were not happy. This ended up bringing out the fuck you Murdoch chants. Well, this kind of wrapped up into the ending because Sawyer then suplexes John onto two chairs that are locked together in a way that I have never seen and it looked like it was painful when Murdoch hit it, but he went down for three. Our winner in this one, Sawyer Wreck. Wow. What do you think, man? I'm glad they were able to do quote unquote a death match without the glass and still have it look pretty violent, still have blood, still do like get the crowd to kind of ooh and ah with all the blood going around and all the fuckery. I, I think if you can't have quote unquote glass this is a perfect way like this is something i wish they could do in la like i don't understand like why to make to fill the role of a quote unquote death match this is a perfect way to do it without the glass that the ucc supposedly doesn't like but you still got blood you still got the fans going crazy and you still had a pretty brutal and violent match and that's everything that we asked for in a death match and um, I'm glad that they were able to kind of skirt the rules around glass, I'm going to assume, and still have a pretty great death match in this one. And I, yeah, that the chair stacking and then the suplex on top, that that was brutal. <laughs> that was pretty brutal. I was surprised that was mm-hmm. the finish. I thought maybe she should choke slam him, kind of keep that as her finisher move. And that just having seen the visual of her lifting him up and slamming him would have been, I think, a little bit. Uh, better in my opinion, but then I would kind of also establish for sure that that choke slam is her finisher. Uh, I mean, it was kind of like a double choke slam, so I, I think one hand would have been a little bit uh, cooler to kind of see the him get the height on it. But I thought this was a good match for uh, getting blood and getting the crowd the the ultra violence. Good point. Um, in my eyes, fans love Sawyer. I noticed too. John was fucked up after this match. Uh, He does stand up, though, because Sawyer extends her hand and both shake hands. She goes ahead, turns her back to celebrate, and John picks up a chair and fucking cracks her in the back with it. After that, you see Janela run from backstage and he runs off Murdoch. He saves Sawyer from any further damage, and he says he's coming for Murdoch and his fat partner, too. And I believe that means Bentley and right there... 
kind of lines up with why I wanted to mention that that match where Janela says he's coming for Murdoch is the one that's going to be No Signal in the Hills Part 3, August 11th at that L.A. show. So that's finally it did come around full circle. I was able to explain why I mentioned that one match out of the blue, but that's exactly why. Wasn't Joey the one that came out and fought off Pero with Yes. So the night before, yeah. Joey did everything. (laughs) Joey is, it's like the, um, it's like Joey's the veteran that's also the policeman that keeps the place under control. And if somebody fucks around, they're going to have to deal with Joey. You know, he's like the judge behind the scenes. If wrestlers held their wrestlers court anymore. (laughs) Uh, You know what I mean? You know who really would run that backstage would someone, it would probably be Gage, maybe Effie. Gage, Effie, you know, Janela. Seeing the way Manders like stepped up with that whole situation, like I said, that's just like still stuck in my mind how he stepped up in that unfortunate situation in the scramble um, a few months ago. He showed leadership to got the train back on the track and took care of that situation. It's like, get the fuck out of here kind of thing. Like, I don't know. I, can, and I don't see anybody going to want to mess with Manders <laughs> in that sort of setting either. So I think he would be a, a good judge for wrestlers court. But I think, as you said, with GCW specifically, Nick Cage probably is the one. Now, I don't, know I don't think I've Joey. I, you know what I mean, though? Joey's an OG. Yeah, 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 one of the sure. ones that he would, he's seen the entire locker room change and he would be the one to know the temperature and understand what GCW stands for and where the, where the locker room should be as a whole. Oh. Yeah. Um, gosh, I was going to say something and I kind of lost it. Um, well, damn. If it comes back to me, I'll, I'll let you know. So after this match, we ended up with a 15-minute intermission, and I'd love to come back to it because I know it's a great point. This right here is where you could have put on one of the GCW versus New South matches from the last one to maybe highlight some of the talent from the last show. The reason to do this is because it highlights people from the last show, the locals. The whole reason GCW is not the whole reason is profitability, but the the reason that GCW is in the area is to also focus on that local talent and put them onto a national stage. I I am not going to stop until we see something at intermission besides a dead screen for half of half an hour. Something, something. Give me, give me video packages. Give me Joey Janela dancing to disco music. Whatever it takes, I want to see it. I, you know, what I mean, IWTV does their own thing with the documentaries. Why the hell aren't we doing that with Fight TV? Or why the hell isn't GCW doing that? I'd love to see some behind the scenes of some of the stuff. I don't know. I'm throwing out too many ideas at one time, but I would like to see something during intermission because it's boring. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's boring. I'm sorry. It's it's nothing. Actually, it can be changed. Something can be done about it. But. I yeah, I've always I I've always agreed with you. Like the video, a quick video in that 15 minute doesn't hurt. Doesn't seem that's that hard to do. I don't I don't understand. I don't get it, but. Like, like you said, we don't <laughs> we don't make those decisions. We're playing with other people's toys, but it does just seem yeah, like an yeah. easy, simple fix to do. But oh well. Okay, so uh, that leads us into our next match, huh? Uh, yeah. Right after intermission, we have the eight-person tag match, as it is Team New South of Brandon Williams, Braden Toon, Cabana Mandan, and Donnie Primetime. 
going against Team GCW, represented by the one called Manders, Brogan Finley, Jack Cartwheel, and Starboy Charlie. And I was just ready for like a SGC fight all over the arena with this. That's what I was right? expecting from this kind of match is to have it go all over the arena and just be all over the place. Well, I know for sure Donnie Primetime is one that he'll go anywhere, do anything. I think he's the one that we saw thrown into a fire pit at one time. Was it him that got thrown into the fire pit or was that someone else? Oh, I can't remember. I think it was him. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I only have to say it was him last year. <laughs> that fucking show was so good. I honestly can't wait to see what the next one holds. Because if they're not going to be, you know, flying everyone out across the country for a backyard show for the fourth of July, then they hopefully have more money to put in more fireworks or whatever. Buy a trampoline, something, make it happen. So, yeah, I've seen so many crazy yeah. things, these backyard shows. Like, yeah. literally, like, and stuff I can't expect and wouldn't expect happens. And like, I have not seen a bad backyard show from GCW yet. And I'm and okay. them kind of acknowledging it, saying it's going to be the craziest and dumbest one. I'm interested to see what's going to happen. Okay, so let's, let's talk, because I had an idea. Here's some things that I think would be fun in a backyard wrestling match. You remember the slip and slides? Yeah, Remember it was just like a basic like a tarp on the ground and you would basically like run on it and slide. Do you know how much fun could be done for wrestling on a fucking slip and slide? You I'm not kidding. You could, you could lay someone down. I'm, I'm sure it probably has because yeah. it's just too fun of an idea. Another thing that I think would be fun for a backyard match, just even for a short amount of time, a bounce house, a fucking bounce house. Two guys yeah. go in there and they just go in the bounce house and even if it's just for a minute or two, little things like that would just be fun. And if they can't get a real pool, get a couple kitty pools, literally put them together in threes and make it look like it's something special. There's I've seen the above ground shit. pools at the backyard shows. They do. Some yeah, it was there. barely uh, it was barely filled. Barely full. Yeah. So like they were, just, they were taking some crazy bump in that too with it not being full. <laughs> oh, I love that shit. That that's what makes it really fun. Another thing I want to see is maybe some blow up beach balls or beach toys, because I'd like to see them used as weapons. Like if someone throws a beach ball at another guy, I'd like to see him sell it. You know, I think last year was perfect with Manders with the corn. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Or no, what are they saying? Shuck, shuck the corn, shuck the corn. Shuck, shuck, <laughs> shuck, shuck. Yeah, that uh, shuck that corn is something. Yeah, that's what it something was. around those lines. So. We had someone come to the ring here, a special guest, we'll say. Announcer announcer Carmen Michael is uh, in the ring to announce the members of Team New South. I am so happy because I'm seeing a lot of familiar faces in the New South squad. I know what to expect from most of them, and I kind of like that. Part of uh, GCW traveling to these territories is to learn about the local talent and give them the exposure necessary to create more fans. And honestly, for me personally, this is an example where it works. It was cool seeing Donnie come out. It was cool seeing Cabana Man Dan come out again. I know I've seen Brandon Williams, but I believe I tried to forget it because he was a heel, but not 100%. So yeah, we had a lot of New South chants. Like people really were behind the hometown guys. There was no bullshit about that. Team GCW could have came in with angel wings and they still would have been the devil here. The crowd was high more for like, when I think of these promotion versus promotion, like maybe, I'm, maybe it's just biased. I don't know, but it just felt like, remember like that first match from 
GCW versus FSW, like the whole first match, just like literally the chants were going the entire match of FSW, GCW. Like, I didn't feel like we got a little bit here and there, but not like the whole match, like how we had an FSW. I just, I just wish it would be a little bit more like infighting of like, hey, we're really trying to represent our company here. Like, I can't remember during the show if they were talking about the wins and losses too. I think they were of like New Japan's up or not. Oh, no, I'm thinking of the next show, not New Japan. New South. I'm thinking of the next show where they're keeping track of the wins and losses. Well, we did have a little fuckery, but it wasn't much. We did have some with Donnie Primetime. It was really interesting they put him in this tag team. I don't know if you noticed, but he still got booed. Yeah, he's all, he's always going to get booed. I love it. He's he's just one of those guys, and he needs to just keep taking advantage of that because that's money. That's instant. He don't have to open his mouth and he's getting booed like that. Even when he's put on the face team of Team New South, they're like, fuck you still. That's that's stellar heat. He reminds me of like Matt Taven, like when Matt Taven was coming up in Ring of Honor, just always had that like that shitty look that was easy to boo and fucking hate. I don't he know. Reminds me of a dirty rocker from the 70s. He yeah, reminds me of the guy you wouldn't want your sister to pass out around. <laughs> you know what i mean like he just looks like that dirty rock guy that you know ugh. <laughs> i'm not saying he is because trust me he's i'm sure a very kind nice guy but what he comes off off as is slimy and dirty and it works really well you know we know how these wrestlers are they're not always their persona yeah, yeah. and i'm sure donnie's not some horrible you know he's still working there after all these years i'm sure that's not a bad guy then but uh yeah, who he portrays is like this slime ball, and people pick up on that, and he does it really well. Um, very interesting that Team GCW came out to Manders music. I thought maybe we needed Jack's music because it just needed to be upbeat, but they are heels. So I looked at it that way, too, because if you notice, Jack comes out to a certain energy. Even his energy when he came out was a little subdued. Like it was held back. And I think that's because they were making GCW the bad guys here. We had Let's Go New South, GCW, chance back and forth. There was eight men, lots of movement. I'm going to tell you, hard to make notes. We had Fuck Em Up Braden, Fuck Em Up Chance. Manders cleared him across the ring with just one shoulder, shoulder check. Even as a face, Donnie's a heel. Fuck you, Donnie Chance from the fans. Cartwheel was spinning cartwheels in place. I was laughing when Krazak said he was spamming the taunt button. <laughs> and Emil said he was trying to build up his finisher. That <laughs> I just got the new WWE 2K23, so it, it, it killed me. Um, all rules break down finally at around the four to five minute mark. We have Mastermind split screen finally. There was a funny spot with Manders winding up for a punch and actually using one of his hands to pump up the crowd while he's, while he's doing that. Another spot where Starboy had a modified figure four on Donnie while he hits a Northern Lights suplex on Williams. Another spot with Braden hitting a beautiful springboard suplex. Cabana Man at one point was beating everyone down with a flip-flop. Team New South was working together really well. Braden with a great Topic on Hilo onto everyone. Donnie uh, goes up and hits a beautiful moonsault, still gets booed. Donnie was bragging outside the ring, and Jack hit him with his own tope between the ropes. I didn't say ropes that time. 
So into our finish, Jack goes to finish off and Brogan hits an air raid crash. Jack goes for the shooting star and Brogan pulls him out of the way. Jack is stunned by this. Donnie then rolls him up blind for a quick three. One, two, three, our winner here. Team New South, our assholes here, Donnie and Brogan, dicks. I knew they should have put uh, Bobby Flacco in his spot instead of Brogan Finley. Well, you know... The thing was that they played off here was that Finley has New South ties. So we had a we had a spy in our midst on this one. I like how they do those little things though too. You just never know when you're gonna get turned on. Like like in that setting of company versus company, especially with somebody working from, like mostly for one, but does show up in the other a uh, little bit, not as often as uh, some of these other ones. But yeah, Brogan, I I was wondering what the hell was going on, like that asshole. <laughs> Yeah, but he turned was, on us. That's bullshit. <laughs> it was nice though to see uh, Team New South get the victory because uh, I think they it's good to them build up those young kids and give them give uh, the home fans something to cheer for. And especially Manders, Brogan, Jack Hartman, Starboy. They don't really at this moment need the wins and losses, so it doesn't really hurt them as much. But Lisa uh, Manders got to lay down some uh, some corn husking ass. Uh, Fast beating. I, I totally lost my sense there. I was like, I couldn't think of the word corn husker. He's gonna husk his corn. He husks somebody's corn in this match, and uh, I'm glad He's to see gonna him bail his hay. <laughs> yeah, uh, I liked it though. It, it, what did break down to what kind of what I thought? Like I said, the split screen and kind of fighting all over the place, and that's what I was expecting from this match, and it kind of delivered on everything I expected. Nothing too crazy, and it did set up a little bit of a turn there with the new South and Brogan Finley um, possibly for the next night. So I did kind of like how that played into uh, leading up towards the next night as well. So I'm spoiled by scrambles. Anytime I see six or more people in the ring, I'm expecting direct chaos from just every direction. There were eight people in this tag team match. Not going to lie. I actually expected more out of this match. We had enough to have four wrestling matches at one time in that ring for v4 so i know i just am supposed to like what's a good word for it just judge it for what it is but when there's eight people in the ring and one side has jack cartwheel starboy charlie i mean come on now so just this is just me being picky but if eight people are out there man elbows and fucking bodies should be flying all over that place and see, I'm kind of the, the opposite here. I'm going to go against you. I kind of think this was okay. perfect timing just because of also the first couple matches. Like, this one got 12 minutes. If Alec Price and Teriyaki barely get seven or six, or just over six and not seven, like, I don't think this match should have gone on any farther. Like, you're going to yeah. give this one extra matches. Like, I'd rather those minutes be given to Teriyaki and Price. Like, I thought, I thought oh, 12 yeah. minutes was perfect for this match. Yeah, I think just it should have had more action. Maybe that's the better way to put it. Yeah, maybe that guy. That's the way. Like, yeah, that's why I was kind of saying, like, with eight people, there's enough for four 1v1s there. There should have been more chaos is the best way to put it. 12 minutes is is a fair time. What do you think did that? Was it just that they were gassed? I think it was the intermission. Interesting. Kind of getting taken out of it. Like, I, as a fan, don't mind intermission. But I do notice sometimes when you first come back, first match back, it's kind of tough to uh, get back in that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is a way to get them back in. Like, this is a really good place to do an intermission if you think about it, because the Team New South, Team GCW thing kind of pulls everybody emotionally back in 
And then you have Blake and Adam Priest, which is going to be another emotional match because Blake pulls that out of you. So I, I think they did do that very well. Um, I was just happy to see Tank in GCW. I've had to watch him in other companies, wah, wah, and they're not always the best companies, but I'm happy to see him there because him and the Rev do great work together. Yeah, see, I'm not too familiar with Tank's work uh, here, so that's why I was kind of yeah. That was the main event. I was like, oh, like I don't know. It's like, I, me, maybe you could have put either Blake Christian versus Adam Priest as the main event, or I would have put like even Rena versus Effie if it was for the title specifically, especially for the title. Um, I thought that would have been a good main event. Yeah. <laughs> for our seventh matchup of the evening, it is the world GCW world title match as Blake Christian defends it against New South's own Adam Priest. And I'm glad to see Adam Priest because last time we saw him, I think we think he kind of got hurt or uh, something happened like in the ma- in his match where it seemed like he hurt like his hips or his legs on taking a bad uh bad bump on the outside so that match wasn't fully up to his capabilities and i was interested to see how he would have this match with blake because i from what i've seen of adam i I like him a lot like i compared him with tony depp and just in ring he's very good in ring and he's got a nice solid look too and this match against blake christian i was expecting a kind of a barn burner pretty good with adam price uh, adam priest uh holding his own against blake and he did and blake christian of course was the asshole that he always is and uh yeah, I think that's how it's going to, his title reign is going to be ran is as the cowardly asshole. And I'm interested to see where it goes. I'm, I, I'm going to give it time here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blake's an asshole. I love him, though. Nice guy. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so Alabama's own Adam Priest is the good guy tonight. And he had a ton of people behind him. It was also amazing seeing an actual entrance instead of a surprise run-in from Blake because it's just so rare to see anymore. Adam got the jump on him before the bell even had a chance to ring. Blake got beat basically in his own game, knocking him off kilter. Adam went in for a quick two. It was just a nice surprise. He out-Blaked Blake is the best way to put it there. There was a nice spot where Blake hit the Arabian press to the floor and then he hit a, there was like a a popcorn spot and fans were booing the waste of popcorn. There was another spot where Blake throws Adam through about five rows of chairs. Adam Priest chants as fans were trying to rally Adam back. Another spot worth mentioning, Blake was, he had like a sliding German suplex Why Adam sits on that middle rope. You have to, you have to see to understand what I'm talking about there. Nothing I've ever seen like it. Blake's Nakamura. Oh, if anybody out there is like a Nakamura fan, Shinsuke Nakamura, he kind of does something similar. That was the first thing I saw that I'm like, you asshole. Still <laughs> I'm a big Shinsuke fan too. So that's why I was like, I saw that. I'm like, God damn it, Blake. Good call, dude, because I would not have I would not have seen that in a million years. Um, Blake's offense has been busy and impressive in this match. He's the type that can be relentless to his opponent by constantly just being on top of them if he wasn't working the crowd. Uh, another good spot here from Blake was a spinning half and half. I thought that was good looking. Um, really interesting, but we had fight forever chance coming out in this match and it was only a nine minute match, but some people were obviously very impressed. Uh, Adam had a nice snake eyes into an Alabama jam. That was impressive. And, uh, the last portion here, I'll just go right to it. Adam goes for a superplex. Blake turns it into a power bomb. 
there's some impressing, impressive wrestling going on back and forth, but it ends up being followed up by a curb stomp. Our winner here was Blake Christian. I'm going to side with you. Adam Priest got a better handshake in this match than his last one. I do feel that something had to have been wrong, and I double up that on that now because seeing what he did in the ring this time, yeah, we, we had a different guy last time, and I'm so happy he got a second chance. Yeah, me too, and especially against Blake Christian. Um, even for the world title, like I'm, I'm okay with that. Cause I, I am impressed with Adam priest. Uh, I think he is pretty good and really good in the ring. Like I said, I, I think he's just a, like I, that him and Tony Depp and like, I think are just so similar, except Tony maybe has more, is more entertaining, more outgoing and heelish in his work. But, uh, Adam priest is just a solid in ring work. And I am always glad to see him on the car. Cause I know he's going to have a good match and yep, Blake Christian pull out some pretty good kind of fan friendly moves again during this match but um which I always like to see but yep he picked up the victory had a had a cheat to get there but uh I don't I don't mind it I like it it's a good start um I was kind of hoping somebody would be running in at this point to kind of maybe set up a future Blake Christian match but unfortunately we didn't get that happen and yeah overall good bounce back performance from Adam Priest against Blake Christian and I enjoy this match and I think that I think this arena could have been the main event with Rena and Effie um, just because it, this one was for the world title. I think it adds more prestige to it and gets the fans a little bit more hype, but I'm going to assume uh, you're going to talk about tank here in the next match. And that will probably give me more awareness and educate myself on, or you'll educate me on why tank deserves this main event spot against Joey Janela. Ooh, you just put me up there like that, huh? Usually you do good with That's those, like these one. names I haven't seen, like tanks, tanks yes. one, like, I've heard his name before. I've never seen a match. Like at first I was like, is that Tank Abbott? Like he kind of looked like him a little bit. I'm like, oh, oh no, yeah. that's not Tank Abbott. <laughs> no, no, no. It doesn't go that way. Um, geez, I where do I even start on Tank? Um, let me look up real quick a couple things because I don't wanna like misquote myself because it's just he's been around a while. And I wanna make sure I kind of you know, I just kind of want to say the right things before I start going off, because uh, I'll tell you this much. The reason why I'm kind of not wanting to say too much up front is because Tank is the man. He's been around a long time. OK, so Tank, freelancer, so independent, 52 years old. He has been wrestling since 1996, 27 years in the industry. Six foot one, 268 pounds, hailing from Chattanooga, Tennessee. So I'll just kind of go over here real quick and see. It's for him, it's a lot of ICW, NHB. Um, it's he's all over the place, honestly. I've seen him in some smaller companies that, you know, or so so but he's he's always doing like icw yeah okay i'll put it this way just turn on iwtv and once a week or so you would generally see him on there somewhere like he's oh, okay. always working always like the, working the video package at the beginning did like show him like lighting people on fire and putting them through glass and doors I was like okay oh, this dude yeah. don't fuck around like he's he's one of those uh ultraviolet people so i guess this i was after seeing that and then going into this match i was expecting a a big bloodbath between these two and like just to have joey i saw the fire i'm like oh god please don't do it to joey again like don't like joey on fire same thing light someone else on fire 
Yeah, um, I'm looking here just so I don't misspeak. Honestly, ICW and HB, then No Holds Barred, and then TWE Chattanooga. Those are the two that he really works out of a lot. And yeah, the Reverend, I had a good talk with him a long time ago. Very awesome guy. He works really hard on that character that he has, and hopefully some people can really see that. He's spent a long time developing that character he has. I'll have to go check out more of his stuff. Oh, dude. Uh, Tank, been all over the fucking place. There's no... There's... I mean, dude, dude was in NWA for the longest time. Let's see. He was... Just in the recent, he was in NWA running from 2001 all the way to all the way to 2012, like just like that, a 12 year career there. So, yeah, GCW, see, there's a yeah, a bunch of smaller companies, really, that we wouldn't know much about. Or if we mentioned them, we wouldn't really uh, Southern Fried Championship Wrestling. You know what I mean? (laughs) Small, small. company. Is that a real company? Yeah. Yeah. And that awesome. <laughs> uh let's see total psychopath wrestling it's like just small small smaller companies that are trying to get off the ground so okay. yeah yeah some of them sound awesome they're like bloodstorm pro that sounds pretty pretty violent <laughs> bloodstorm pro bloodstorm like a storm of blood i will go check him out though like he said he did i i never i seen his name never saw like any of his matches of work and like that video once again, a perfect spot for the video. Got me a little bit into like, okay, Tank's uh, one of these ultra-violent guys. He's going to get crazy. And I, like I said, I had no idea what to expect until I saw that little package. I was like, okay, this match is going to get uh, pretty bloody and violent and get kind of out of control. And that's Yo, exactly yeah. what happened. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so that just goes to more credence on what you say and what we've been saying is like those video packages, when they are out there, they could do a lot of uh, good. And in this case, it did for me. Awesome, man. Yeah, this uh, this video package again. Here we go. Beautiful touch. Look at that. It took somebody who knows their shit and made them go, hey, wait a minute. I need to go turn my eyes to get this guy. You know, Tank appreciates that, I'm sure, too. Yeah, you know? probably. So in my eyes, because we're going to kind of counter, but on this show, as far as I could see, Janela versus Tank was a good decision for the main event. They're two veterans. They're two bleeders. They're both highly talented and great storytellers. They'll be able to pull anything out of anything. Um, also, deathmatch main events at GCW generally means the damage will be much worse. And they'd rather not take an extra long intermission to clean it up. So if you see... A death match closing out a show, that motherfucker is going to be violent. A uh, good way to put that is Radrick in Vegas, where he just, he, he was just, he was in pain. That's just how those go. Uh, Janela out in a Bucky's shirt. <laughs> if anybody knows what Bucky's is, that's uh, that huge Walmart style gas station down in Texas you'll find down south. Um, it's really cool and it was a big deal, even if you saw Miedo online he was like oh my gosh i finally got to go to bucky's and he had a picture with him out in front of the beaver in front of uh, the store i'm happy to see tank i love his gimmick with the reverend dude is a legend in the making he's honestly already there it's not going to take much to put him over the reverend grabs the mic and screams and it's piercing and loud and people started chanting you are creepy (laughs) 
he said he is the high priest of the coven of the goats and the original motherfucker. He's here to preside over the human sacrifice of the bad boy, Joey Janela. And you can hear fans yelling, sacrifice, sacrifice. And Joey is looking at the camera and shaking his head like, no. And this uh, promo was a good job to, once again, uh, lay more fantastic. information for me. Like, introduce Tank to the GCW audience. Like, for people like me that don't know who he is. Not saying, like, it, everyone should know. Like, I should have known going into this. But that promo, video package, perfect job. Like, I really, the Rev- is that his name, Reverend, you said? Like, yeah, I, I missed the name when I saw him, like this fucking guy's all painted out and everything. Like, who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. He's like, he, like an old like WPW nice wrestler, like someone that belongs in like the Dungeon of Doom. Or is that what that group was with Kevin Sullivan? Uh, I was going to say Kevin Sullivan. That's exactly who he kind of reminded me of. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, he's he's like he doesn't remind me of the Sinister Minister, but he goes to that dark place that I like a manager to go like one guy to go or two guys to go like every manager can't be the same it's really hard to get different managers um but yeah he said he was going to go ahead and sacrifice joey sacrifice uh was not a big thing for joey it was so comical seeing him shake his head no at the camera (laughs) so um Interestingly enough, Rev said that they were going to make a splash in GCW by taking out one of the biggest stars in GCW. Now, I'm wondering, did I just hear that we may now have Tank in GCW? Because that would be absolutely exciting. I've seen Tank in some absolutely bloody matches. Here's what he's called. He is Tank from Chattanooga, Tennessee. He is the godfather of Southern violence, the the strong style psycho, and the bloodbath behemoth. That's the names that he carries with him. So (laughs) bloodbath behemoth, I like it. He's a bad motherfucker. No, he's he's again genuine. I noticed it on the shirt, but yeah, he's he's a cool dude. He he does not say no. He's one of those guys. He does not say no. I would put him somewhere between. Because of his size, Pondo. That was with, the name I was just thinking of. Like, I want to see like a match of yes. him and Pondo. That literally, that's the one name I thought of. And because he doesn't say no, and the way he kind of has a little more agility to him, I would also add um, a touch of Murdoch. Funny thing. I wish I could oh, explain okay. it better, but I would put it in there. So, Emil, Emil eventually gets the mic back, and he kind of stares at the Rev, and you hear him go, "Holy shit." So, yeah. <laughs> so after that, um, Emil's getting ready to announce Joey and Joey grabs the mic real quick. And then he does a huge yell into the microphone and he don't say anything. He just does the fucking loud yell and then he gives the microphone right back to Emil. And uh, that's where we go ahead and get our Joey chance to start this match off. Uh, Max is our referee in this one. So, off we go here. Joey tries to check his strength against Tank, and he loses miserably, usually getting sent off his feet. Both go outside. Joey brings an entire shopping cart full of weapons to the ring, New Jack style. Tank ends up throwing all the stuff in the ring and puts Joey in the cart, steers him around the ring, and then at the end, Joey flew out of the cart into a bunch of chairs. And the whole thing had me laughing because... It didn't exactly go as planned, and that's what made it good. 
Janella takes a garbage can, puts it on Tank's head, and hits it with a chair, which for me, I always thought that would be really hard on the ears. Tank taking a chair, Tank was basically taking chair shots and then shots to the head with a garbage can. Rev gets involved in the match, and Tank gets a cheese grater. That ends up going um, into like a back and forth between those two because um, Tank and Joey are fighting over it. Tank then ends up uh, taking the, uh, sorry, Joey ends up taking the cheese grater, scraping it on Tank's forehead. Tank is bleeding pretty good at that point. He then gets a chair, Sabu style, thrown into his head. Tank then ends up being back on offense almost immediately. The whole point here is he's tough, maniacal tough, and crazy. (laughs) Exactly. So I think you're going to know what my thoughts are on him. We'll we'll get to that here soon. Joey then started swinging the broom on Tank's back. I don't know why. Janela pulls the door from under the ring, puts it in the corner. Both fight over who goes into it. Eventually, Tank puts Janela on his back and then rams him through the door. Joey delivers a nasty brain buster on the chair. That was a nice spot at one point. Tank was then asking for chair shots to the back from Joey. Tank was then smiling all evil-like, and he was just getting hits right to the back. Tank then stands up like it's nothing, and they both start exchanging forearms. This brought out GCW chants from the crowd. Honestly, this is something I wanted to say. If if Tank is booked like this, he can stick around GCW. This is something that GCW may very well need that we don't have. Also, I think with a couple more matches, people may very well love the Rev. So the Rev brings the shopping cart into the ring. Janela Sabu's a chair at Tank's head, but Tank suplexes him onto the shopping cart. Joey's shoulder comes up at two and a half. Tank is then setting chairs up. He builds a door bridge. Joey sets up in the corner on the top rope. Tank goes up. Tank falls into and through the door bridge. Joey, I'll call it an avalanche double footstumps, but Joey was unloading on Tank. Tank smiles. Joey then goes up top again, uh, up top again, and another set of footstumps onto Tank's chest. Tank kicks out at one. He automatically sits up. I would say Undertaker style. To our ending here, Joey beats Tank with a chair and then a door over his head. Joey then with another double stomp, then goes up and goes into a fourth double stomp. That's where he hooks the leg and Tank is finally put down for three. Our winner here in this one, Joey Janela, a veteran went up against Tank and really had a difficult time taking that big guy down. I liked it. I like this match too. And I think Joey was the perfect person, as you said, to kind of, if Tank go, like, let Tank kind of go at his own speed instead of letting Tank like, carry the match and do everything. Like, Joey sets all he, these matches up perfectly to get the most out of his opponent, no matter who they are, what skill level or talent they are, and always brings the best out of them. And this one, like, I, on that one count, I popped. I was like, yes, let's go. Like, let's go. Like, that yeah. was a pop for me for Tank. I was like, let's go take that. That moment, I was rooting for him to beat Joey because I just love, like, he just walks through it all. Like, walks through the door, the chair shots, the, the garbage can shots. He just, like, he's a tank. I loved it. Like, I like this guy. Like, literally, the first thought I said, I want to see him against Bondo. The other, another name that came up was um, Tremont, too. I like, I wanted to like to see him against Tremont. Ooh, yeah, and I'm sure they've probably come up against each other at least once or twice before. Uh, Yeah, GCW, please bring back Tank. 
yes, he I'm poses a threat to the locker room. And I like that. If Joey had a hard time with him, then many others will too. And he's another one where I think the crowd will take to him. He can pay his dues in the ring and should not and would not have a problem with it. To me, wrapping it up just on my end, both put on a fun, hardcore match. I was happy to see this wrap up as it did. And here we are again where Joey Janela takes someone in the ring that maybe others haven't seen before and brings out some of the good stuff in him so that we know why he brought them into GCW and what they're all about. So, yeah, this is just the start. Uh, The Rev really sets it off. He did such a damn good job. And uh, I love them both. But you can see where Tank doesn't have to do nothing but action. The Rev does all the rest. And yeah, you got a good taste. It's like, uh, you know, it's a Percy Pringle situation here. We've got The Undertaker and we've got Paul Bear and he comes out and, oh, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, oh, you don't know. And and he basically does that part just as a deep, evil, nasty, maniacal man. So I enjoyed it. Yes, like I enjoyed it too. Fun hardcore match was a perfect way to explain it. I want to see Tank and the Rev back in GCW, even if it's just for like a next time they go down south. I'm for it. Doesn't have to be like yes. all the time, but like wait, once or twice a year, whenever they're down south, I'm all for it because I I did become a fan of Tank after seeing this match. He's a bad motherfucker. I like him. I think he just recently had an addition to his family. I don't know if it's immediate or a little just further outside. And I only mention it because it was on Twitter. And again, never quote me because as much as information as I take in a day, it could have been another gentleman too. You know what I mean? You do the same. Oh, thing. I do all that. I'm all the time. Like, did I see it today? Did this person say it? <laughs> it's mm-hmm. all crazy out there now. Yeah. And then I feel like I have to be at least correct in what I say. And I'm like, I don't always feel like I'm correct in what I say there. (laughs) Um, But yeah, having having him in GCW is a treat. If booked properly, he could be a real problem to some of the major heavy hitters in GCW. And it would be nice to pose a threat to some of them bigger, bigger guys. Um, if booked right, him and Cardona could do something. Even if he just plays Frankenstein against Cardona, just keeps coming at him, it would make for a fantastic booking. Gage, it would be fantastic booking. Yeah, this was like a and this was like seventeen minute match. Like it, I don't think he needs to go that long every time. I think that's just because Joey. But I think he'd fit in perfect with between a six to ten minute match and have a bunch of fuckery like um, like we saw earlier in the night like i think that'd be kind of perfect just to do a quick in like nothing to over drag him into the deep water or here such a his a his age and this point in his career like six to ten minutes i think it would be perfect amount to get tank super over and do all the things that he does and i i nick gage versus tank would be a good 10 minute match i think yeah even and i know i know he's He's not a youngin for scrambles, but you could you could put him as the hoss in a scramble. No questions asked. And you know how it is. People can work around a hoss. It would not be difficult because, again, I'm always big with some muscle in a scramble, like Mercer in a scramble or, you know, uh, Stackhouse in a scramble. Like you have to have one wrecking ball out there amongst all those crazy little jump arounds that are going on. <laughs> so. I don't know a better uh, way to put it, but they're jump arounds, you know? 
I thought this was a great way to end it. I, like I said, I was skeptical at first of why is this the main event? Then as it happened, I was getting it. And then by the end of it, I was like, okay, it could end that way. It still could have happened at any other point, I think, in the car too. But I think to give Tank his kind of cool moment in the main event was pretty cool. And Joey to have that match, it was perfect for him. And they delivered. And like I said, I do want to see more Tank. Uh, even if it's in shorter spurts, I, will, I want to see him have a nice 10-minute just crazy extreme fuckery match. You know, it's so funny that they don't have a look together, him and the Rev, but they still work absolutely great together. I don't have another way to put it. Like, you know, he's not in any dark, evil garb, but he doesn't need to. And again, the threat of Tank is basically encompassed in verbally what's said through the Rev. So, And I thought he would get more involved this match. He did, like, I think he had that one spot where he grabbed Joey's foot. But I, I expected him to be a little bit more involved throughout this match. You know, um, I'm, I think it'll be booked differently every time with him. You never know. I, I don't have a better way to put it because a Janela match is completely different than any standard GCW match. The level of, you know, any type. The good news is, is that he does get involved sometimes, and that's perfectly fine. Without the involvement, Tank is a face. Yeah, just, just especially saying. when he's like maniacally laughing at the chair shots. I just saw that part. It was like, that's a good look. Ronnie, no, I like mean, Brock Lesnar. Well, it's funny because somehow it kind of came up again, like the Undertaker thing. He could do an American badass thing, Tank could, and go over wonderfully, especially through Middle America. And that's kind of where he rocks. So I don't know. I'm just, I just, I want to give him the highest praises and I want to give the rev the highest praises because those guys in my book are awesome, independent guys. Yeah. I, 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 like I said, my first time seeing him, I'm in and I will, I'll probably go check out some of his other stuff in uh, some of the other companies to get some names that I know too. I do want to check those out. Yeah. IWTV.com, TWE, Chattanooga, IWA. Uh, we can't be, sh- NHB. you can't be shilling out IWTV over here. We're Fight TV Plus. Come on, now. dude. When they, when anyone pays me money, I will do that. Until then, I will always give the most accurate information I can on where you can see some people that might make your wrestling day much better. It's so hard too to find out who's where and what now. Like it seems like their companies are changing every two months of where you can find their shits. It's annoying. They're like I kind of liked it when I first got into independent wrestling. Like, Everything was on IWTV, and then like some cool stuff was on Fight. So I did that right. for five bucks, and then Fight kind of took over with a lot more promotions and cool stuff. And IWTV is losing it, but now they're like they're all going like Fight or High Spots Network. There's all over the place. Like I can't keep track of all this shit now. Oh, it's a ton. It's you know if you if you want to, you can watch wrestling every night. There is at least one match somewhere. Not one match, one show somewhere. I would say in America nightly. Yeah. Maybe it's dry on Monday. I don't know. Maybe wrestling on Monday is a little light. Effie. You can watch, watch independent wrestling with Effie. Effie, you know, not, not have Monday you ever Night watched Rawls it? Or something. Yeah. It's good. I, wa- I watch it's, some of his streams. They do I enjoy him. And he's nice with us. I mean, fuck all that. Oh, he's nice. No, um, what he does is really enjoyable. I actually have a fun time listening to him. I don't know what it is with him, but... He's just a fun conversationalist. 
And if you're like an independent wrestler too, like and he's watching one of your matches on stream, like I definitely should, because he does like not just commentary, but he does like give little hit, like kind of like um like tips, like I would, he would as and behind the scenes, like hey, maybe on that spot, don't go for this move so fast, let it sink in, let the yeah. crowd hear it, and like I hear him kind of like oh, like no, lay down, lay back down, let them soak it in, get the crowd involved. Like he wow. throws in these little tidbits there to if he's watching your match, you. You should listen to it and take it away and learn something from another veteran independent wrestler that's out there giving tips on your matches. Like he's not doing it on purpose. He'll just notice, like, hey, I would have done this or something like that, or oh, they should have just laid out. Like he makes a lot of good points, and he he's also does a lot of fucking funny commentary too uh, on that channel. I think. Man, what a fucking show! GCW's mastermind. Yeah, I end up being better than I thought on paper. I was like, after Talia Hall, I was like, okay, it's these next two shows are going to be kind of down, and the in ring and this one kind of saved it. I think I love the variety as always with GCW and all the different matches that they had throughout this event. And geez, uh, this is their second show of the weekend. And like I said, if they were driving, that's a nine and a half hour drive. So I doubt they did that. But even then, you had to do overnight to here, and you're probably sore from the first show, let alone Saturday, and then you got to do Sunday. So I don't know how far Huntsville is from, I forget where they are next, but it's also in Alabama, if I'm correct. Let's see. Florence. Florence, Alabama. Yeah, it's in state. It can't be more than four hours. I'm just guessing. I'm not going to look it up right now on Dr. Google, but (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Wow, though, and, and I'm not lying. I'm looking forward to this uh, this next show with GCW versus New South, too. I mean, really looking forward to it. Part of it is just George South. I know at some point we have to see George South here. No, you didn't see the show? You haven't seen it yet? No. Oh, no, no, no. I don't watch these shows until I have to actually <laughs> review them because... Like I said before, um, you've seen me actually try to review and I'll screw up the shows, you know, so I'll get okay. a, I'll get ahead in the story on accident. So I, I actually do that. I'll I'll keep up on what's going on and everything else, but I don't deep dive and really enjoy the show until I sit down to watch it for the review. And then I really enjoy tearing it apart. OK, gotcha, gotcha. It was a good one. I liked it. Uh, I might be a little bit lean, more leaning towards this one more than GCW versus New South, but I love like that territorial promotion versus promotion uh, energy that the, those shows always bring. Well, the show's already over. What was going on there? Anything good with the, with George South or anything or what? I'll be honest. I don't, I didn't see George South. Okay. Like okay. that's what I'm trying to remember. Like maybe I stepped mm-hmm. away and like he popped up. I didn't see George South at all. Oh, at the top of my sad. head. Yeah. So off the top of my head, like I said, this was uh this last weekend, but like I honestly don't remember. I watched this last the last one I watched like late Sunday night because I was watching uh Forbidden Door too. So that's why that's why like I might have missed some things on this show. I'll have to go back and rewatch it here before we record it again, just so that way I don't, I don't get uh, totally either. mixed up. No, I don't see him either. Yeah. Um, one match I'm looking forward to seeing on this next show though is Effie versus Dylan McQueen. I actually that's one think- you've been asking for. Yes, and like I said, there's daddy and mommy. I think he should be baby bear. <laughs> that would be just too fucking sweet. Anyway. <laughs> that, that, was, that was a good match, too. I, I enjoyed that match. Was it All more right. comedy? Was it more comedy than it was? Right it had, kind of it, it, it's a normal Effie match, but 
when it, they get down, like Dylan goes, Dylan's improved. Like I didn't, like yeah. I thought I'd remember hearing about this. I don't remember talking about it, but like he, when we last saw him, he just got back from injury. Like he just learned how to walk again. Like I guess he was really? like some big car accident from the right before the last time we saw him, and like he had to go to therapy to learn how to walk again and everything. And I was like, they yeah. mentioned that on commentary. I was like, oh my god, I totally forgot. Like that explains because like the time before that I saw him like at Effie's big gay brunch, I was like, oh, he's like a younger Effie. He's good. And like this last time we saw him, I was like, ah, like something seemed a little off. But that explains why. Like he was mm-hmm. coming through from that injury. But I, I, this was the best Dylan McKay, uh, Dylan McQueen. Um, that I saw gets Effie, and it was perfect too. Is gets Effie, there's like a perfect match for her. And like, I, I, I thought of you I the entire time. Yep, I look forward to it. I really like Dylan McQueen a lot. He's somebody just I don't know what it is. And then I saw the uh, I've seen uh, gosh, what was it? The Alec Price documentary, and he was on there for just a minute. And he just comes off really sweet. I haven't had a chance to really talk to him yet, but he's another one that if they could find a place for him in GCW he would be enjoyable like in bussy he would be enjoyable somewhere because i'm okay with moving on from chic please don't kill me anyone and putting dylan in there like i said this is how we have to move pieces out and put new pieces in i'd be willing to give dylan uh, a nice shake so here was i was thinking too like dylan mcqueen kind of coming in pushing alley catch and chic out of the way and then kind of alley catch and chic starting a feud with effie and dylan mcqueen somehow somewhere or even alley and dylan which, yeah, which would a, be a really good fight, match. Fight for Effie's, uh, Effie's love. Man. That, <laughs> for Effie's attention. That's what it was. That's a, that's a better word. <laughs> All right. Memorable moments. You want to go yeah. first or do you want me to go? Uh, mine are pretty easy this time. I'm okay. not going to lie. Just no one hate me. I thought the show was good. Not great. Not, not middle. Better than middle. Just good. I was happy to see Tank and the Rev. And I was happy to see action Mike Jackson. That's really where I'm going to leave this in this match because everything else was good, not great. Um, I will say the Blake match was pretty darn good, but it's not memorable for me. It's more about seeing the best of New South. Yeah. Uh, my memorable moments was getting to see Price versus Teriyaki. Just wish they got a little bit more time. So hopefully they can run that back and get that time in. Uh, Brina versus Effie, I thought was going to be one of the bigger matchups of the night. And it was, and it delivered and it had its fun comedy spots, but the action was uh, good in the ring as well. Um, seeing the, the young middle-aged senior average IQ with the pension death kill with Jordan Oliver, Mike Jackson, Nick Gage was fun. Just that energy and that whole match had a smile on my face, just seeing them all have fun in the ring. Um, so that was pretty cool. See Mike Jackson with the Gage. Pretty stepping up and getting the title shot against Blake Christian. I thought was perfect, well-deserved, and a good matchup uh, in-ring stylistically. And Joey versus Tank being way better than my expectations going into it uh, was memorable to me because, like I said, I wasn't expecting much, didn't know much, but that little quick video explaining Tankman's death match and has a history and the manager coming out and kind of laying out more of what the characters are all about was perfect i think and a great introductory piece for me to learn more about tank and that will wrap it up for gcw's mastermind in huntsville alabama the vaughn braun center so yeah you were talking about how huntsville has you know quite a few shows they've had two in the last six months 
So they had one in January and then one here in June. So I'm they get another one before the end one. of this year. I'm going to be fuck. I'll flip. <laughs> well, the good news is, like I said, I would have complained a lot more until I realized now I've got a a thing for LA. Now I've it is a little wild, but uh, that that's what makes it kind of fun. As long as it isn't in my section, I'm cool with it. But LA LA makes up for me. I'm four hours away. I'm I'm okay with that. There's this place called Eddie's in between. You know, like getting yeah, yeah. candy and shit. So. Eddie's Where else can I get good. fall candy, bro? Well, I probably can get it <laughs> tons of places closer, but can't get it there. Eddie's is, uh, there's no mascot or anything, is there? Just that big old ice just cream. Just ice cream, cone. yeah. Just ice cream cone. Yep. You go from Las Vegas to California, man. Stop at a place called Eddie's. That's the place where the clean bathrooms are. That is not worth knowing, but now you know. And you can play a game while you use the restroom. Dude, they have games while you pee. If you pee left and right, <laughs> like it does different things. Dude, there was one. It's a race car pee game. Yeah, that's and the only one I played. Dude, and then there's no, there's one with <laughs> soccer balls. And you can shoot soccer balls oh, with Jesus your piss into the thing. And then they flip the shit on you and you're the goalie. And they'll shoot balls towards the goalie and you got to piss in the direction of the fucking dude. It's so cool there. So I've only done it like maybe once or twice, but like the last time I did, like I'm never doing that shit again. Cause like I, like I'm, I'm just going, that's gonna be bad. I'm just going. And like all of a sudden, like I'm like swinging around, and I saw someone come up and oh shit, I'm gonna like pee on this guy's leg next to me if I keep on going. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, let me just stop here and stretch out. I wasn't doing nothing. <laughs> well, it is funny when you turn a corner and there's like three grown men and you can see them all like <laughs> swinging <laughs> back and forth while they're pissing. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, Eddie's I was baby, that one. Where you go. I was uh, that one that one time and I was like, nope, not again. Not ever oh, again. Man. Yeah, I thought about that, like all the splattering and shit. And then I started getting weird. I'm like, how do they know I'm pissing to the left or the right? And then I'm like, how are they like what are they doing? Are they using like a heat sensor? Do they have like is it a camera? And you know, all oh. the other fun stuff that you think of. And I'm sure it's just like a laser or something, like when you put your hand underwater and the water turns on in the sink. Probably yeah, probably something, something like that. that. Yeah. Well, that was a good talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Show two of GCW's trip down south is over, and we have the one last one um, that we will record before 4th of July and get it put out before 4th of July. I think maybe at the very, very latest, 4th of July during the day. So that will it will be out before the 4th of July show at the very, very latest. That's my plan at the moment. And, uh, yeah, two shows down. One last one to see who owns the South Territory, New South or GCW. Like I said, I always kind of uh, like those promotion versus promotion shows because it depends on the crowd if they are into it as well and are there to support to their crowd or the GCW. Well, I look at it this way, too. It's like, uh, you know, if you're down south, you might be more apt to go to a New South show, you know? That too, yeah. I look at it that way. You know, GCW puts the little finger on them and gives them their blessing, and you're like, boom, maybe you get some more fans show up. I think I've seen them on, like, Plex. I've been watching, like, Plex a little bit lately because they got, like, Warrior and, like, some old Impact and some other wrestler, like AAA that was on there the other night, too. I think I was bringing up, like, Young Bucks and Kingo and all this shit. Like, yeah, I think I saw, like, a New South show on the, there. Because I know IW, no, IWS is now Fight TV. That's who it was. But I think they still got some. TNT has it. That's what it was. TNT has a. Uh, 
their shows, the England company out there, they have their shows on Plex as well. And I've been kind of checking out some of the cool stuff. And like the other night, Leon Slater was on there too. I'm like, yeah, I get to see Leon Slater. That's like a name I haven't seen and wanted to see for a while. So, uh, yeah, I think they're on the, I'm not 100% sure. So check it out. If you are looking for new South, I think they're on Plex. It's free. Um, if not, just check it, find out where you can find them. Cause, uh, they got some very entertaining wrestlers and, uh, Good shows from what I've seen so far, obviously. Got a great idea. Are you ready? GCW needs to pick a place, London, Paris, somewhere in Germany, maybe. And they need to hold a best of tournament. 16 people all over Europe, just strictly Europe. Best talents out there. People like the rotation, who, you know, from. Oh, he's coming. He's back now. Yeah. And I've been waiting for that too, actually. Um, yeah, I think it would be really cool for the GCW. Okay, so here's the thing, man. We're really big on this island called Japan, but there's a whole fucking continents full of wrestlers that we don't focus on enough. Um, Europe has a lot of fantastic wrestlers, and they're never really shown. We romanticize this one little island called Japan. There's so much out there. It, it just, there really is. So... I don't know. I just, I don't have a handful of names and that's the problem. I don't have a handful of names and there is a lot of talent out there that I'm sure we're not seeing and I don't know why. So I just thought, Hey, why not? Maybe it'd be cool to do a little showcase on Europe and maybe see if some of these talent are worth maybe highlighting on GCW and for the longer term. So like Leon Slater and Therese are, uh, the ones I would like to see definitely over here more. Dan Maloney, too, was uh, pretty good, too. Yeah, and just that's just, that's my just head the new that ones. Show. Yeah. That's just the new ones. I'm trying to think of what's his name that just quit death matches. Drew Parker? Shit. Yeah, Drew Parker. Oh, he like been wrestling for a little bit. Yeah, that's crazy. I hope that, uh, man, I don't know what that's about. He's taking Park- to take care of his family. Okay, good. Something, he said, like, good. yeah, I think he said back in, I think he's from Wales, and, like, back in Wales, like, his family is, like, he needs to go back there and kind of help support them at the moment. So hopefully he will be back. Cause that's one, uh, like <laughs> even if it's not death match, man, I want to, he belongs in wrestling. He's fucking talented and good and has a bright yeah. future ahead of him without all that fuckery. Like I, I remember that, like I said, the first time I saw him, like, why is he doing this? And then the second time, like, Oh, cause he's fucking good at it. That's why, but he does not yeah. need to do all that kind of shit to get over. Hmm. Yeah. That's a good point. Oh, another one, another awesome european slash british zach saber and another one like imagine if we put together a f- small little whatever and i think that would be kind of fun it's just another fun idea when we're wrapping up the show just figure i'd talk about that for a second but do you need to go check out that match from forbidden door orange cassidy uh zach saber daniel garcia and shibata that was fucking oh awesome. my gosh really awesome i need to find a way to catch that that's a good idea there's got to be a way. I'll figure it out. I got you. I got you. <laughs> yeah, I'll come over to your house and watch your copy. How about that? There sounds good. Yeah, see? That's, that's the way to put it. Um, that sounds good. You bring the cotton candy, uh, I'll provide the wrestling. Hey, that sounds great, man. That sounds real good, actually. All right, we did it. Yeah. Oh. Let's send them out of here while we get ready for GCW versus New South Part 2 the next episode are you ready uh, kind of okay yeah long long, long. <laughs> live live 
G C W. You hesitated. <laughs> you know what's funny? It's when you start the long. It almost sounds like a kindergarten teacher trying to teach me how to say long. You're like, long. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess goodbye, everybody. See you next time. <laughs>